To the Empowered Homes podcast, the purpose of this podcast is to grow strong families by connecting church and home. Uh, today, we are at the Tennessee Baptist uh, Summit. We're in, in Nashville, right outside Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, we're, we're you'll hear some crowd noise. Is we're live at our booth, and today I've got another guest with me. We got uh, Randy Heron. Is that how you say your last name? Heron. Heron. Yep. Randy Heron. Randy, welcome. Glad you're here. Thanks, Bobby. Look forward to being with you. So, Randy, you're part of the Nashville Coaching Coalition. Um, before I jump into all that, yeah. who are you? If I got people listening, they're like, who is this Randy guy? Who are you? Tell me about your family. Tell you. Tell me about Thank you. who you Thanks are, man. You'd be glad to. So, I'm a 62-year-old grandfather. got seven grandkids. I've uh, been married 40 years by a lot of gra- by, the, by the grace of God, my brother, for sure. Um I'm in the packaging business is how I kind of make cash flow to do other things, but we might, we're in the cardboard box business and I've been in it for, since I was 21. So 40 something years, I guess, uh, coached a lot, my, all my kids. And then just about six years ago, we, my son and I started the national coaching coalition, uh, really for the reason is that we just believe coaches are some of the most impactful people yeah. uh, in young person's life. So we've been doing that for the last six years. So that's kind of my deal. So Incredible. So the Nashville coaching coalition and, just so you know, we don't, I mean, I just met you, but yeah. I played sports all my life. Yeah. Uh, grew up, I played a little college football, wasn't yeah. very great. Yeah. Um, but I, did, I had a terrible home life growing huh. up. I can look back and I can tell you Coach Rob that was there. I could tell you uh, Coach Terry, who was always there. Like I had coaches who were That's influential awesome. in my life that helped me get through. My, my head coach helped me fill out my college application and go That's through awesome. all that stuff. So, I, I believe coaches do play a vital part, but uh, our conversation today, I wanted to talk to you a little bit, for, you know, with Empowered Homes, we want to connect church and home. Right. And so sports is a big deal, yeah. uh, not just in our context with where we're at in West Houston, but nationally for, yeah, for youth sure. sports. Um, what are you seeing some trends with youth sports? Uh, just is with COVID, is it declining? Is it on the upswing? What are some trends that you're seeing with that? Well, before I answer that question, I want to tell you, you're really blessed to have coaches like you just described. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. We started the National Coaching Coalition for that in mind is to try to tell me your, what were those coaches' names? That Coach had Rob, imp- Coach yep. Terry. Okay, yeah. Coach Rob and Coach Terry had a powerful impact on your life because they let you know you belonged and mattered, right? Yeah, absolutely. So every human's built, we're just all of us are dying to belong and matter to something. Yeah. And, so you were really blessed, brother, to, have, a, to have coaches yeah. like that. That's awesome. I bet I could ask you a teacher, and you may go, ah, I had this maybe. Yeah. But I can ask you about your coaches, and how yeah. quick does that come, right? Yeah, it comes real quick. It and, does. And, and people often ask me that with my when I share my testimony. They're yeah. like, uh, who, who, how did, how did you yeah. kind of manage to navigate as a yeah. teenager all the stuff you went through? Yeah. And I always point back. I've got coaches that were always they were hard awesome. on me. <laughs> For sure. They gave me the good coaching, but man, at the end of the day, like I knew. I, I had support. You knew you cared about. They, 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 they cared. cared about they cared about me, not just my performance. Absolutely. And uh, so, that was, yeah, absolutely. That's that's that was a big part of my testimony. It's but it's awesome uh, for for our listeners, kind of going through like uh, they're they're probably in two boats right now. They're probably thinking, my kids aren't involved in sports. We're not a sports family. How does this matter to me? And then we have the other ones that are 
all in with sports, all yeah. in with all of that. So well, are you seeing any trends? Because I think the the youth sports of, of today, and, and even do you work with middle school, high school coaches yes. as well? So yeah, primarily. Yep. Primarily that? Yep. Any collegiate or anything past we got a few, that? Yeah, we've got a few college yeah. coaches yeah. we work with, yeah. for sure. So what are you seeing? Is, is sports dropping? Because I see stuff on news like – Football's dropping, contact sports are dropping. Yeah. Are you seeing it? It's the opposite, is it? Well, from from my vantage point, basically what what I believe is happening is everything's becoming professionalized. So, if you look at the NFL, it's always obvious that's a business. Well, now that's in college because you got the name, image, and likeness, and yeah, now you got all the social media stuff. Now it's coming to high school, uh, and I've even heard it's coming to below high school now. And it's these influencers. There was a kid I just saw signed a two million dollar contract with somebody. Because he's got six million followers on Twitter and he's a high school sophomore. Wow. They think he's a top 10 basketball prospect, but now this thing is about influencers. So to me, it's just the youth sports is professionalized in America. A lot of folks make a lot of money, make their living off that. And I'm not saying that's all bad. Yeah, yeah. But it's becoming it's becoming more and more professionalized. And yeah. the kind of coaches you're talking about that influence you, that we we believe it takes a real intentional focus and helping a coach make sense of his story yeah, uh, and, and give him a paradigm, a vision for what his role is for him to have a chance in that kind of culture to do that. Yeah. And I was asking if the trends, because, you know, if there's more athletes, there's more coaches. Yes. Right. And so your organization is about pouring in and investing in those coaches so that they make a greater impact, not only the kids, but the families as well. For sure. Right. Yeah, for sure, Bobby. And, you know, everybody's story, just about anything that happens I've, I've seen that's been important in somebody's life is usually comes out of brokenness. Yeah. And so for me, sports was something that almost cost me my family. Uh, if you got time for me to tell you real quick, I'll oh, tell, tell, you, me. tell you a quick I'm, story. I'm intrigued now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, was, I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. Well, in Alabama, Alabama football, uh, Coach Paul, Paul Brown was coach. Alabama was 50th in education, 49th in Whatever they were, the civil rights movement was crazy. We were blowing up churches, little black churches. I mean, it was, but it was a tough place to grow up. But we had Alabama football. So I grew up going to games. My father and my grandfather went to university. So before I knew it, sport had become not just something I did. It was a whole bunch of who we were, my, my family was. And so, you know how God does stuff. He brings, brings you together. And I met this little girl, and we married. And the first time she came to the Alabama game, they lost. She, she said, don't you think your family takes this football stuff a little serious? I'm like, what? You don't know what you're talking about. It's who we are. Well, 1992, Alabama wins the national championship. I had three little kids. They were eight, six, and four. Mm. And she came to me the next year and she said, hey, you can do this football thing next year, but you're not going to have a family when you get back. I said, excuse me? She said, no, no, I'm not having a mistress whether she's a female or a football team. Wow. And little did I know that that, that sport that we all love, the power of an idol in my life, it, 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 it basically blinded me. What she was telling me is, you're going to miss everything that matters, particularly with your girls, if you don't start to see this. So for one year, I took a, I took a year and I didn't read. I told her, I, I wrote, my brother's a pastor, so I went and saw him. He played college football. I played college basketball. And, uh, I said, what do you think? He said, she's right. And so I wrote her a letter. And I said, for one year, I won't read the sports page, go to a game, listen to the radio, watch it on TV, I'll go cold turkey. I drove back in the driveway and gave it to her, and she looked at me, and she said, we'll see. Because wow. she knew it was deep. Yeah. And I almost freaked out, Bobby, I, for especially <laughs> kickoff time, first two yeah. of the games. But what happened was I got to know my girls, and I built a treehouse, and we'd go to picnics, and all the stuff that I would have missed. And something I thought was really giving me life, truthfully, as any idol does, is yeah. it was taking it away from me. Mm -hmm. So it 
it, it almost cost me everything. So when I start talking to you about sports, you may see my ears get red and my yeah. heart start pumping because it, it, it is a powerful, powerful influence. They, they, and I believe this is right. They say in America, sports is the secular religion of this country. Wow. Uh, in my life, it was, I could say I love Jesus and I'm going to go worship and the whole bit, but if Alabama football was on, uh, I think I'm going to have to stay home and watch that. So yeah. it's really powerful. That's, uh, man, incredible. Thank you for sharing yeah. first. And it just, um, I, I know so many guys that are so diehard with whatever their team is that um, find themselves in the, in the same boat. And for you to, to own up with it, you, you mentioned it was a little hard that year. But that first little hard part, you got over it because you saw exactly what you were missing and the value of getting to know those girls. Yeah. That's, that's well, powerful. For sure. And, you know, God's way is always the best way. It's not the yeah. easiest way. Yeah. And so I started fe- started feeling much more uh, connected to all the people that mattered. You know, they say when you die, when you're going to die, it's, gonna, it's really going to be two things they're going to talk about at your funeral. The relationship with God and the relationship and the memories with the people you live your life with. Yeah. What my wife was saying to me was, I will leave you before I let you put your f- hope in something that's going to be over and you're going to miss the most important thing yeah. in, in your life, which is your family. Man. So I appreciate the kindness of your of me doing that, yeah. you telling me that, but it was because she really drew wow. the line and, and wow. it was one of the great blessings God's done in my life. That's, that's so powerful, man. And yeah. so... Just talking sports. Sports is a big deal. Every yeah. context, um, youth sports is a big deal. Um, and just trying to, you know, I, I think the hard part for our listeners who are primarily, you know, parents who have young to, you know, that middle school, high school age kid kind of going through, um, some know how to balance that well with yeah. faith in their life and, and be able to, to play sports and do those things well. But some have it completely out of order. Uh, could you share like some of your experience with working with coaches and and those parents who are all in? They're in twelve select teams. They're they're doing all every Sunday, every Saturday. They're traveling. They're spending bukus of money on like. And we always say like it's less than one percent of of the population of your kids going to actually go pro. But yet, what's the driving force for parents to to do all the, spend all the resources and time and energy for that? What, what what would you say is a drive for that? Well, I can tell you what it was for me, and I believe it's for everybody. Is that you remember who Stephen Covey was? Oh yeah, Stephen yeah. Covey, the seven, yep. seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Well, Covey says this. He says that everybody's actions and their attitudes flow from their paradigm, their mental picture of how they see something. Yeah. And he said, if you're ever going to make change on actions and attitudes, you got to help people change their paradigm. Mm. My wife, in that taking that year off, my paradigm shifted. Yeah. Because you could have told me all day long, I don't, I don't need to watch Alabama football or whatever. I would have just, I, I'd have heard you, but I couldn't have really made that change. So as that shifted for me, we tell you another, you another middle school yeah. story. We tell you another middle school story. Another one of those big dongs. You know how God does, Bobby? He gets our attention if we'll listen. Mm-hmm. And so that was a big dong in my life. Dong. Second one was my son was playing a sixth grade basketball and I was a coach. I coached football and basketball, great little Christian school. And we had this big end of the year basketball tournament. And I set this thing up to where we were really good, but we're going to be in the opposite bracket from the best to other best team. We're going to play them in the finals. I was all jacked up. And, and I had, again, I had the, the Alabama football thing had really come. I'd let that go. But when I coached my kids, I didn't, I just click into this yeah. trigger. I'd be this maniac. So Anyway, we're playing a game. I told this guy calls me, said, can I get in your tournament? I said, oh, yeah, you get my tournament. But I said, this is no AAU tournament. This is a school tournament. Oh, no, man. We AAU, we're not AAU. We're a school team. 
He walked in the gym and he got me. He was an AAU team. Hmm. And I was so angry, Bobby. If I, I was spitting bullets. So we had this little cracker box gym, sixth grade basketball. It was packed. You know, the whole gym was it. And we were playing out of our minds. So it's 58 to 58 with about 10 seconds to go. My son's got 30. I got another kid with 26 and I got a kid with two. And I'm coaching my, my backside off. Yeah. And we're playing way above our head. And so we're, my son's bringing the ball up to court. He's dribbling the ball. And all of a sudden, he steps on a guy's foot, and he rolled it big time. So the referee calls timeout. He's on the floor. just his foot's killing him. And so I go on the floor. And the referee said to him, son, you okay? And his daddy said, yeah, yeah, he's okay. Mm-hmm. He was 12. He looked up at me in my face. And he got up. I called a play. We reversed the ball in a play. I got him in the corner. He hobbled to the corner. We got him the ball. He shot it, and he hit it. We, we won. One of the great wow. games that I've ever been a part of. Sixth grade basketball, right? You can tell me. <laughs> uh, you, you can hear how fired up I am talking about it. So I went in the locker room. Everybody left. I made my speech, and he's in the back, and he didn't ever cry much, and he was crying. His foot was killing him, both big high ankle sprains, and he was killing him. He had his head down, and I went back there, and he looked at me. He looked me square in my face, Bobby. He said, Daddy, you didn't care about me out there. You want me to get up and win that game for you. Wow. Dong. He got Dang. me. Dang. Dong. Yeah. Dong. So that second bell went off, and so – after I came to my senses later, it's like, how in the world would I lose my mind and I could not even see my own son when mm-hmm. he was hurting, right? The power of sport, Bobby, the power of yeah. that idol for me almost cost me everything. So I kept asking myself the question, what do I do? Yeah. You can't just say, don't be that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so, competitive. I'm, I catch myself with my kids. Trigger. At their, like, Boom. I, five and six-year-old flag football, I'm yeah. getting fired up and my yeah. wife's like, Looking at me like you're an idiot. I'm like, oh, you're right. So they're kids. I've got to calm down. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. yeah. It just comes it's right pa- back. It's yeah. powerful. Yeah. It's, it's a powerful thing, especially when it's wound in your identity, especially yeah. in that part for me was. So anyway, I went to this men's conference. It was a Christian place. And I was just saying, I don't understand why I do this. This is a year or two later, maybe. Uh, probably three years later. And this guy said, hey, man, you ever read this book called Season of Life? And I went, nope. He says about these high school this high school program in Baltimore, Maryland, where, where kids tell their coaches they love them and they love their coaches and the whole bit. And he said, you need to get it. I'm like, what? So I get online and I order it. It's written by a guy named Jeffrey Marks, M-A-R-X. Okay. And it's called Season of Life. And it's about a high school football coach who was a former NFL player named Joe Ehrman who built a program in Baltimore, Maryland at a school called the Gilman School. And he called the program Building Men for Others. And when I read that book, it was the third dong it was like God was sending me a message that said, this is what it looks like. Yeah. And so for me, it was like, it was really like, my, like when you read your Bible and you underline everything. Well, yeah. I got the, my, my copy is a paperback and I've underlined almost the whole thing. And it was that paradigm shift in my heart that God was sending me to say, this is what it could be. Hmm. This is what it could be. So that was 2003. And so from that, from my broken place, I think God was sending me his message to say, this is what it could be. Wow. So we've gone that, that really the natural coaching came out of that. But as I progress on with that story, my son was a sophomore in high school when I read it and he was a little league all-star, good player, got to high school. And, you know, sports is about really adversity and what you want. I would tell a parent this, what a parent wants for their child is you want healthy adversity, hmm. but you don't want trauma. Yeah. You don't want trauma. Yeah. yeah. He's a sophomore in high school. He starts standing. He'd always played. He'd always been the guy. And then for, I'm going to lose my mind, truthfully. If I hadn't got that book, I, I, I think I would have broken my relationship with my son. So I'm standing watching him when he's 25 
and his bride is walking down the aisle, and I'm his best man. Hmm. And there was that little thing. And you know how God speaks? Yeah. So this thought came to my mind. I almost blew that up because yeah. if, if I hadn't got a hold of the depth of this thing in my heart for sport, I would have blown that up with my own son. Yeah. It had somebody else being his best man. So we from that, he went to Baylor, and uh, we, when he came back, he started working at a church, and he was a youth pastor, and we started talking about this. And I started working in high school programs here in the city. And we started to see you really can love kids yeah. and win because the goal of sport is to win. I mean, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Co- coaches, that's their living. they got to win. Yeah. But the purpose of sport, yeah. what it can be used for, it is so stinking powerful when a coach catches that. Yeah. So they realize that, oh, so you mean I'm a mentor, a guide. I'm just disguised as a coach. Yeah. So that's what we've been doing the last several years. That's amazing. Amazing, man. And – Thank you for sharing, you know, <clears throat> just being vulnerable about your son. And, and yeah. I, I know we have listeners that are sitting here. They're, they, they may be listening and they're like, man, thank you for sharing. I don't want to make that mistake. But I know there's listeners going, man, I blew it. What would you say to that dad who didn't do what you did and they blew it? How, how would you tell if you were knee to knee, eye to eye with that, that guy, what would you say to them? Man, as you start talking, you start saying that brings tears to my eyes because I've blown it a lot. But I would tell you this is that God's grace covers that. And I would, if you did blow it as a parent, I would say the greatest thing you can do is go sit down with your, with your grown child and just tell them how much you blew it. And you're so, so stinking sorry. You know, that's our hope, Bobby, really, because as we know, I mean, we, none of us, none of us do this life right. I have a counselor friend that says it takes a lifetime to learn how to live. And I think what God's trying to do for us all along is redeem brokenness and saying, I've got a better way for you. I got you best in mind. Sometimes we catch it and sometimes we don't. But I, I can bet my life on this one that his grace never leaves. Yeah. His, his, his forgiveness never leaves. And that's what I would encourage him to do. Yeah, we're, no one's perfect. We're all going to mess up. I've blown it. Even in my little league with my kids, I got uh, eight, seven, and five. And my kids, we played all the sports. And there's been moments where – <laughs> I've had to get in the car. We're, we're going to go get lunch, and I've got to apologize and, for sure for my attitude and kind of yelling and, and getting too too excited. But uh, for and those those dads or moms that have blown it, I think that's a that's a good word for us to. It's never too late to never to to, to never. apologize to go through that. But and, and Bobby, I yeah. admire you for telling your kids you're sorry because yeah. you're sorry when you blow it because we all gonna blow it yeah. we teach coaches it's an amazing thing when you're in a locker room and a coach loses it because we all get triggered and so we try to help coach go back and make sense of his story because the higher you go in sports the more trauma wounds you're going to get yeah the old model of coaching in america came back from world war ii and you had a sergeant and a bunch of privates the military and you yeah, scared yeah. the crap out yeah. of them because you don't want them killed right mm-hmm. well, that's how coaching came back so 40s 50s 60s that's how what was celebrated in this country so anyway, people, when you find yourself clicking into doing what you were, what was done to you as a coach, a lot of times you coach that way, that the greatest thing we talk to them about is being able to apologize. You can't believe it. Yeah. When in a locker room with hundred high school kids and a 15 coaches, a coach says, man, I just want to apologize for what I yeah. did yesterday or whatever. You can't believe it. It, yeah. it is one of the most, one of, one of the most kingdom things I've ever been a part of. Yeah. It's funny. You say you coach the way you've been coached. Yeah, man. I believe you parent the way you've been parent. Absolutely. And so if there's woundings, if there's brokenness there, you're going to parent the same way. And so it's not about blaming one way or the other, but if you can put meaning to what's happening, oh, it's the way you were saying, I, I put meaning and understanding 
that causes me to act and be different and I have to respond differently yes. moving forward. So with the coaches that you work with, yep. um, I know they deal with crazy parents who are emailing. Yep. I want my kid on the field. I want, how do you help coaches kind of connect with parents in a healthy way? You can't just ignore them. No. Sometimes you need to. <laughs> uh, but how, how do you help them? Uh, is there anything, any resources that you give them of like, hey, here's some strong ways to, to help the parents that are the kids of your team? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everybody's got to do with parents. And if you ask yeah. any coach, that'll be one of his biggest challenges. What we, yeah. what we try to do is we, ha we have a, a six-week intensive. We have, it's, it's two in sessions and then it's, it's four, four or five um, Zoom things that we do. And we help a coach really go back and one, first of all, before he starts any of that, is to start to make sense of his own story. Yeah. His own coaches that had influence, the ones that had influence for good or the ones that back. A coach is going to influence you one way or the other, yeah, yeah. for good or for bad. And then as you help him start to see that, he starts to unwind that. We do it with some other like-minded like-minded coaches. He starts to get a sense of really what's happened to him. And then once you do that, you start to show him a different way that he could do it. And you ask him, we come up with these kind of questions. Why do, you, why do I coach? Why do I coach the way that I do? What does it feel like to be coached by me? And what's my definition of success? And we help them write a mission statement for at the really a mission statement that at the end of your life, the things that are going to matter. What do you want to be known for? Yeah. And as they do that, they start to catch this vision of really of a different way to do it. And then we start talking to them about how you set a culture up in a program mm -hmm. with your parents and your kids. Yeah. And it starts with everybody but belongs and matters. You mentioned it a minute ago. In America, basically, it's a pyramid system in sports. We've set it up to where the top 1% of 1%. Yeah. The whole system's based on that. Yeah. And we got other 99% of flunkies like me who are going to be out in the world working. We got this incredible tool yeah. that we can use because everybody's dying to belong in the matter. Yeah. But what sport and many times in business has been set up is if you're genetically gifted, anybody that makes the professional yeah. ranks is genetically gifted. Yeah. You, the average guy of the Rocky story, he's going to work his way and work his, yeah. you just, it, you really can't do that. It's got to be this genetic gift that's different than everybody else. But we set a program up where you you, you belong in matter if you're first team stud mm. or not linebacker or running back and all state or your third team nose guard and you you get two snaps a game. Yeah. And and it really from our faith, Bobby, uh, we do it in 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 uh, public schools. Let's talk a little different, but we do it in, in yeah. Christian schools. And it's like and we're all made in the image of God. And yeah. so you belong and matter here because you're in the image of God. And we love you and we believe in you and we see something in you. Yeah. When you set a culture that way in your program with your kids, and then when you express that, when your child comes in place for me, this is our culture and this is what we're about, yeah. you would be amazed yeah. at the difference in, a, in, in, in the stuff those coaches get back from parents. Everybody's concerned about their kid playing. I get, they, yeah, I get yeah, that. Yeah. But once a culture set up like that, it's a whole different deal yeah. than what they're dealing with if you don't. Yeah. And and for the parents, understanding, I think what, what we just talked about, and I hope parents listening will take a deep breath, coaches are human. They've got True. all the same issues, all the same stuff we deal with. And so – for the for the parent listening has been hard on their coaches. Yeah. Maybe take a deep breath and yeah. and think about what they've gone through and what their battles are have been and all of those things. So show a little compassion and uh, to them, but also don't be afraid. I think the thing that I, I want to encourage and and I know you you would too. Don't be afraid to champion your coach, support your coach, your kid's coach. If my kid, you know, if he's playing basketball. 
he doesn't get a ton of minutes, the minutes that he he's in, I'm going to support my coach. I'm not going to throw a fit about it, you know, and it's just helping. I, I, I genuinely believe that my life would be drastically different if I didn't put on a helmet, Yeah, you know, sure. I, I was around drugs. I was around yeah. bad influences that saved my life in high yeah. school because I wanted to be clean because I knew we did random drug testing. Yeah. And it literally, awesome. that was my drive and motivation. I got to hurt people. Yeah. And I was good at it, or kind of. Yeah. And, and I could stay clean. So, That's I awesome. mean, and, and then coaches that poured into me, all that to say, I, I value sports. I have a high value of sports, but sports, and this is the last question. What do you do if we have the priority of sports off in our family? Where sports, and you already talked about it with your story, but that parent listening going, Man, I think I think we're overloaded. I think we're doing too much. Is it as simple as stop it, or is there a way to pull back in a healthy way? What would you encourage those parents to do? Well, I, I will tell you in my own story is that sport can, is a rival to our faith because you know Scripture says we fix our eyes not on what is seen but what is unseen. But yeah. for the seen things are temporary, the unseen things are eternal. Sport is so powerful that that un, that the seen part of that will overwhelm the unseen. Yeah, and when you talk about how you encourage a coach, it's really about your, it's, it's really an extension of your faith. I mean, yeah. what Jesus said was that whole golden rule, treat others as you want to be treated, yeah. you know, teach folks to love God, love their neighbor, love themselves, all that stuff he taught. I, I separated that from when I got on between the lines. I don't do that anymore. Yeah. So as people of faith, we got a real opportunity to, to look at this as an idol that is great, has a lot of great to it, but also can take us and, and, and really cost us everything. It almost cost me everything. Yeah. So I would encourage parents, um, if, if I had to say, for me, I can just tell you my story, but if I had to say, I would encourage them to, to look up and buy a copy of Season of Life yeah. by Jeffrey Marks. And, I, and, and because that paradigm shift, once that, once that shift happened with me, then I made decisions on the weekend when my son playing travel sports that we weren't going to play Sunday morning. Is that I could not miss that opportunity. And I was a youth leader for a long time. And the saddest thing to me was parents who took their kid when they were probably eight, nine years old, all the way through high school, every Sunday, and they were gone playing yeah. sports. And then one day, the kid graduates or decides he's going to quit, and they miss the opportunity to lay those those yeah. foundations of faith that Empowered Homes is all about, yeah. to be able to teach that next generation about loving God, loving your neighbor, because you missed it yeah. because the idol got us, because it's so it's that, it's yeah. so powerful. The seen stuff got us, and we missed the unseen. Missed the unseen, yep. man. Randy, thank you for your time. Yeah, Just man. encouraged by you and uh, we every family is is facing sports in some way and i love that you're passionate to help those coaches who are going to make an impact on kids like me and ultimately make an impact on families i look at my son charlie my daughter chandler and my youngest son chapman their lives are drastically changed because of two coaches who invested me in high school you know it's just it's a big deal it's a big deal so for parents listening uh we we talked about this they're like why are we talking about sports and because it's a part of our life yes. and it can be a powerful part of our life sure. and it could be a kingdom part of our life. And I thank you for what you're doing to really Amen. impact coaches here in Nashville. But uh, I hope nationally, globally, you can, people can get to know you and your, your program so that we can see coaches who are living out uh, of the, the greatest strengths that they have, not their weaknesses. So, yeah. uh, Randy, thank you for your time, Thanks, man. Uh, if you're listening, you want more information about Empowered Homes or anything from today's discussion, it's all going to be attached to the description. Uh, if you got questions, email us at info at empoweredhomes.org. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate you. Yes, sir.